You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello world, I hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast with my man Ace Boogie with New Stripe City. Currently on this one, I'm going to be flying solo because, believe it or not, we are still working. I hope everybody's staying safe, keeping your hands clean, and washing your butt as well. Um, moving forward with everything, I guess the first thing I want to do is just send out um, a big shout-out to my man Drake Kirkpatrick, who the Bengals recently released um, probably about two or three days from the time that you're hearing this recording. Uh, for you all that don't know, Drake Kirkpatrick has always shown me a lot of love. It's someone that I really, really like a lot. Um, I knew that it never made sense with Trey Waynes and Drake Kirkpatrick on the field at the same time. Uh, they both play le- uh, left outside corner. Saw no video or anything like that that would suggest that Trey Waynes would go on the inside. They uh, drafted, um, I'm sorry, not drafted, but signed um, Mackenzie Alexander to go in the slot corner. Uh, in the offseason, um, the Bengals got Winston Rose. They also just recently signed uh, or re-signed uh, Greg Maben for uh, more added depth in the cornerback room. But Dre Kirkpatrick, just going over the numbers, um, the Bengals take a 2.8 dead cap hit that Dre still gets. Uh, they save over 8.2 in cap relief. So currently right now, as it stands, um, April 1st, April 3rd of this year, at the time of this recording, the Bengals are have 13 million in cap, but want in cap space. But once the contracts and all of the evaluations and everything go into the free agent signings of Reader, um, Trey Waynes, and the other free agents, it puts Bengals actually in a negative cap space um, because they have that 
currently when the, totaling up that has a cap hit of 14 million. But releasing Drake Kirkpatrick at this time gives them more cap relief. I'm told inside the building that there was many, many um, discussions and people asked me why was it so late because there were many, many discussions where Lou Anarumu and some of the staff members thought that they could maybe possibly make it work. Me personally, just knowing Dre, talking to Dre, I was told on several different instances that Mike Brown um, has told Dre that he was going to stay. So there are a lot of people that always said that, you know, they thought that Andy Dalton was done unfairly and all these different things. Andy Dalton's situation was he received over $100 million from the Bengals. He's currently actively on the Bengals roster, and he's currently actively still going to get $17 million, whether he plays for the Bengals or not. Hopefully not. Uh, the Bengals benched him on his birthday. He played nine years where he probably shouldn't have played um, all of those years, and he had some ups and he had some downs. He had, I like to think that he had more ups and downs. He played really, really bad in the time uh, in the 2019 season, and he was benched. And it was at a at a time where the writing was on the wall. He had just thrown a five pick game. It, it just was time, right? The difference I think with this Drake Kirkpatrick thing is just you know, and a lot of people will notice that on Twitter I did break this first. So that was a thing too that you know because I have a relationship with Drake Kirkpatrick. I felt as though it was really, really important that he said, you know, he tells everybody when he wanted, you know, everyone to know it. But then me and him had a discussion, and I and and it was he made it clear that it that didn't really matter. And then shortly after, I think he posted on Instagram anyway. But for those asking, they were like, "Well, Zim, you tell me that it was he was going to stay on the roster and everything." That was everything that was told to him. So I was just conveying the message that the Bengals had told him. They told him repeatedly, week after week, no, 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 no. So to me, when we're talking about what's right or what's wrong with these players, that's something that I think if you can't stand on your word and you can't be honorable in that in that regard, you know, then that to me is more unjust than what happened to Andy Dalton being benched. But that's my opinion. Um, that's a conversation that isn't going to be talked about. And that's one thing that I think is really, really wrong about today's society today. It's like this thing where people go in an uproar about certain things, but, you know, we don't, we pick and choose what we want to be in an uproar about. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to be in an uproar about Drake or Patrick, but he was told repeatedly that he was going to stay on the roster and then they just released him, which had to be done. But the way that they played it, I just didn't like that. I didn't agree with that. I don't think he's really sour over it. There's plenty of many – there's many reports that are just suggesting that he's going to be highly, highly sought after. I do think that it's so late in the game. Most teams are going into – we're three weeks away from the draft that most teams have their roster set. And if they don't have their roster set, they have their specific plan in place that they're going into the draft and they're doing their last-second evaluations right now before they go into the draft. So putting Dre out there at this moment in time, they could have released him way earlier. They could have released him when they first signed Trey Wayne's, and I just think that that probably might get him another million dollars. So we're talking about what's right or what's wrong. To me, to release him this late in free agency is not right. But, you know. Can't cry over spilled milk, over spilled milk. And I think in the time to come, coming up, I think because I'm one of the few, I think, that believe in Drake Kirkpatrick a little bit, is that he'll be able to show on another team that he'll do really well. And then the people, 
that come and that are Bengals fans that always cry over, oh, well, they don't retain the right people and all this stuff. When you start seeing them have success, then it'll be an outcry about, well, we didn't coach them up right and we let these guys go. But currently right now, as it stands, 60% of fans are just like, yep, glad we moved moved on from Drake or Patrick. And I get it, you know, like the, the bad plays stand out more than the good. But that's not what I'm here for. So I'm just giving a special shout out to my man, Dre. I think it's really, really important that you understand that there are players that care a lot about Cincy. There's a lot of players that just want to get paid. He was one of the players when they were losing this past year, super passionate. Him, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon are my top three guys that were super passionate even when they were losing. And it was never, ever his suggestion to go on IR, which also is another bad thing, too, because with the corona um, outbreak and these different things going on, teams don't really get a good evaluation of guys, and they don't know how injured he currently is. And I'm here to say he's 100% healthy. Moving on to that. Greg Maybin was re-signed previously um, uh, this past week as well to kind of bolster that up, the, the room as well, like I said. So we got that going in our favor. Um, Trey Wings, I think now is very, very, it's pretty much like they're handing him the job, which I don't have a problem with. I think you lose a little bit in coverage. So people sell, tell me, um, well, what, what's the, is this an upgrade? I think when it was Drake Kirkpatrick and Trey Wayne's and William Jackson, I fell in love with the idea of depth. Good teams go and get depth. A lot of people are really, really, uh, harboring on the fact that the Denver Broncos went and sound Melvin Gordon and they already have Phillip Lindsay. I think by getting more talent in the event of an injury, which we know is going to happen, anybody knows injuries, it will be the Cincinnati Bengals fan base. So with injuries always been a problem or always been a conversation, I just fell in love with this idea that you have depth. So now when you go into the draft, in order to keep that same depth or get developed talent, you now need to target a cornerback, which eliminates the, the BPA. So a proven veteran corner, 29, 30 years old, versus a guy that you don't really know and is just a prospect from the cornerback position that you're not drafting in the top of the, uh, you know, the top of the draft is something that you can't bank on. Although I do love the corners in this draft coming up. So I think one of the things that um, that we'll probably start looking at too is like, you know, what are the positions that we're going to be looking at at this 33, uh, the number 33 pick? Will the Bengals dra- uh, trade out of that pick? Which I do believe they will. But for me, I just love this idea. If someone gets injured, you want to make sure that you got another player that there is no drop off in talent. Currently right now, the wide receiver depth is pretty, really, pretty good. But if you're thinking long term, then you need to be thinking in the future coming up in this upcoming season. With John Ross not being healthy um, for the most of his tenure, with A.J. Green being on a franchise tag that he's not happy about. Um, also with the John Ross thing, he's they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So say he does ball out. A team is not is going to be willing to outbid the Bengals for sure. I think that works out good for the Bengals, though, because they could put a second round tender on them. They could put a first round tender on them. But what what would happen is they would end up having to pay that dollar amount like based on that with the fifth that was tied with the fifth year option. So I don't think that's an option. But I do think the Bengals stay in the game. Uh another uh, a high pick once he is gone after the upcoming season. But when you look in that room, you're banking on the health of Auden Tate for a seventh round draft pick. So 
with that said, I think from a BPA standpoint, you'd be looking at someone like a Denzel Mims that I could see absolutely maybe falling there. I don't see T. Higgins falling right there. Um, there's some other guys. Uh, Brandon uh, Ayuk from Arizona State uh, has been linked to us a couple of different times as well. Uh, and then uh, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. Those are some guys that will be sitting right there. And Jalen Rager, too. I'm, I'm seeing things where he's falling even further. But from a cornerback position, I think there are going to be some guys that didn't perform that well at the the combine, like a Cameron Dantzler, A.J. Terrell uh, from um, Clemson. There's also going to be a guy, um, Trayvon Diggs from Alabama, Bryce Hall from Virginia. These are some guys, Jalen Johnson, that could be in that 33 spot. Um, Damon Arnett from Ohio State, as you guys know. These are guys that could be there. But if the Bengals trade out of that spot, obtain another third-round pick, uh, move back like eight spots or so, there are guys that you all want, like a Troy Dye. Um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, my mind escaped me. Troy Dye, uh, uh, Bond, these guys like that, that could still be there. So that's something to really, really take notice of. The one thing that I think that might end up happening because of the lack of movement uh, with the offensive line and free agency, I think, and, and I like this idea, I think supporting and giving Joe Burrow the best resources possible, you'd be looking at an offensive tackle or someone like that that probably maybe falls to them. I don't see Josh Jones from Houston falling to them, but that is the guy, that's a guy I could see the Bengals absolutely moving up to. Um, Natan Mute. Because of his combine and you factor in the injury, he could be like an early second-round pick, which is crazy because before this, he was looking even further down. You're also looking at a guy like Tyler Beattis from Wisconsin, Solomon Kinley from Georgia. These are guys that I think day one could take this, this the spot of, um, uh, of, of Michael Jordan at the left guard position or compete at the right guard position as well. But for me, best BPA at that spot will be Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, guys like Xavier McKinley. Uh, there's Austin Jackson, the tackle from USC. There's a lot of different guys that I think um, after the end of night one, the Bengals, are their phone is going to be ringing off the hook. And those are guys that are going to be sitting right there that the Bengals could absolutely take a look at. On the defensive side, there have been some really, really good reports from, reports from a lot of different reporters all over the country. Um, there have also been some really good statements from guys like um, Sam Hubbard and Jesse Bates III. Uh, Sam Hubbard recently said, I knew we were going to go get some guys just from what I've been told. And I had no reason to think that we weren't telling the truth. I think they really showed us that they're trying to win games and bring in a winning culture that followed up the words of these actions and made some big moves. It's exactly what we needed to improve on the defensive side of the ball, and we got it. It's time to go to work and put it on display. I'm just really excited. It's crazy times. So right now, I'm preparing as hard as I can for it to come around. I think it's going to be a while, but I'll continue like we were on track to start the season regularly. That's from Sam Hubbard. Um, Jesse Bates just went on to say that he had some really good uh, conversations with Coach Lou. Uh, he said he talked to him for about 20 minutes, uh, talked about bringing the new guys in. Um, 
he also said, and I quote, you heard around the league the Bengals don't reach out to players in free agency and spend a lot of money because that's always been their philosophy. They're always been comfortable with some of the guys in the locker room. I think now it kind of gives the players an eye-opener. If they're not going to keep a lot of guys around, if they're not going to get the job done, whether that's not getting a contract extension, if that's not playing first year, nobody's safe. I think that puts a little bit of fire in a lot of people and open their eyes a little bit, at least to the guys that have been here for a while. So that's Jesse Bates saying that. I think from a defensive standpoint, I think that they feel like they've done a lot. Just to make sure that you all have been following us and you understand, the Bengals have made moves to pretty much say that they're opening, projecting on the opening day of the regular season with five new starters. That's DJ Reader, a Pro Bowl-focused football, Pro Bowler in the first stretch of the season and throughout the most, most of the season as well. Uh, they also obtained the Ravens middle linebacker Josh Bynes. They also obtained the Vikings cornerback Trey Waynes, Saints uh, safety Von Bell, and then Mackenzie Alexander, who didn't miss a tackle on 142 run plays and didn't commit a penalty. So those are five new starters on defense, which leads me to believe that they'll go all the way offense um, on that on that number 33 pick if they even trade out of it I think you then still see offense as the first pick but to me making Joe Burrow comfortable as possible is the goal the next thing that I wanted to talk about is with that being said there have been writers that have uh, now ranked the defense at a very very high level as a result of that because of the progression at the end of the season combined with these new moves that are made so I'm really really excited about that the the last topic that I wanted to talk about too right now is currently is this. We're very hopeful, we're very optimistic that the season starts on time. One of the conversations I had with a doctor and then just in my thought process is this. Even if the COVID-19 virus is fully removed and we don't feel like that's a big problem for the United States moving forward. Even if we get to July, August and close to training camp and everything, there is no way that I, I, could, I could see in my mind that you don't have a situation where you have to like bubble guys in into one state or one city or we still have any situations where it's going to be an empty stadium. And I really don't like that because I think from uh, just a viewing standpoint, it's going to feel like more of a scrimmage. I can't feel like without the crowd noise, without all these different things, I just can't imagine what that would be like. But the biggest thing to me is that, say I'm traveling, right now currently at, at, at press time, April 3rd, the only state that doesn't have any cases currently of deaths is that I'm seeing is Wisconsin because of all the rural areas and you, it, I don't know, you know, I, I'm not a scientist. But let's say you limited the players travel to a couple different states. I just feel like the... The stands and the players and everything like that, I just don't think will ever be full. And throughout the year, you couldn't travel, let's say, from Cincinnati all the way to, like, California and risk somebody being, uh, you know, getting getting the virus. And for that, I just think that you will have to bubble these guys in and tell them they can't travel for a whole calendar year because this is the situation I could see, is that we're going to go to a game on Sunday. Yeah, the COVID-19 is not as much of a threat as right now but later on say you're traveling 
and uh, Joe Burrow or anyone, name anybody, uh, starting anybody that starts or anybody on the bench um, is now tested positive for the coronavirus. Now coming into the game, the opposition has a fully healthy roster, maybe because no one contracted the virus in that time frame, and now I got to go up against them without the co- you know, without my full deck of cards, just based on a virus, not injury. To me, that's an unfair advantage, and I just don't see the Bengals or any team being able to match that or being able to. Uh, I, I just don't see a way that that can that can ensure that people don't get hurt. Or I'm I'm sorry, not hurt, but don't have the virus in that time frame, and it's an unfair advantage. So I, unless they're planning to put uh, players, NBA, NFL, all in one city, all in one state, then I just don't know how they're going to contain this thing. Which leads me to believe that I can't possibly see the season starting on time unless the virus is 100% removed and that's no longer a threat, or they develop a vaccine in that time frame, which seems a very, very short notice. And even still, if someone did get the disease, there still has to be a time period where they have to get all the symptoms and everything cleared and everything like that before they can get back around other players. Tell me what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. My name is Zim Hude on Twitter. My partner is Ace Boogie, and his name is New Stripe City on Twitter. That's New Stripe City on Twitter. You can also check us out on Instagram. Check out Ace's YouTube. I'm out. Hootay.